Hello and welcome to Who Are You? This is a Babylon 5 Watchcast hosted by two former strangers, now friends, who have gotten to know each other while re-watching a classic show from their childhood, Babylon 5. I'm Jafar. And I'm Laura. And this is Victor from Dominion Media Television. Hey, Yay, hey. our friend Victor is back. <laughs> glad to be back. Glad to have you back. Yeah. So glad to have you. Did I put too much stank on that? I noticed some smiles. Was that you put a much? lot of stank on it? I was like, "How do I meet this energy?" That was some I don't good know. Stank. That woke me up. <laughs> okay, it's what I'm here for. We needed that tonight. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, a little pep in the step. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, we've got a a quintessential episode of Babylon Five ahead of us. But mm-hmm. before we get to that, Victor, Hello. I must ask you, what do you want? <laughs> You still haven't answered my question, Ambassador. What do you want? What do you mean, what do I want? What do you want? You really want to know what I want? You really want to know the truth? Does that answer your question? (laughs) Uh, So (laughs) I've thought about this, and Aaron, you're going to have a great time editing out all my my blahs and blahs. (laughs) Pray for this one. But, <laughs> He'll be fine. He's experienced. Awesome. <laughs> so what do I want? What I really want is for one thing right now, I want a Red Bull. And the second thing I want is for my thing that I do, Dominion Media Television, my comics, everything I do on there is lighthearted and funny and memey. But really, this has kind of turned into a platform for me to get enough fan base for my passion project. And what I really want to do is I have a comic that I'm working on. It's, you know, you you guys are familiar with my content. Most of my, what I do is silly comedy jokes type stuff. But I have a rough draft of a script I wrote a long time ago for a Star Trek movie that takes place. This would have been start, what I would have loved to have seen as Star Trek 7. Like it, it, in the timeline, it takes place about a year or so after the undiscovered country. Kirk is presumed dead. Scotty has gone missing. Spock has gone back to Vulcan to do his meditation and lead the whole revolution with the Romulans or the reunification with the Romulans. So the story focuses on Sulu, Uhura, Chekhov, and Dr. Chapel. No, the doctor from Star Trek Four. the... The whale lady. I oh yeah, the whale lady. Oh yeah. yeah, the one who we never see again. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. Damn it, I'm kicking myself. I geez, it's just because I'm on camera right now. It's why I can't remember. Doctor Jillian Dr. Taylor. Doctor Jillian Taylor. There it is. <laughs> it focuses on the story. Focuses on Sulu, Uhura, Chekhov, and Doctor Jillian Taylor from Star Trek Four, the one with the whales. And it's a story about. Um, I don't want to give away too much, but doing what's right, even though it's difficult and not easy, that's probably a very big oversimplification. But uh, it's sort of when I was a kid and I was watching Star Trek six in theaters, I must have been like 12 or 13 at the time. The way it ended, I was like ready for the next movie, you know, Mm -hmm. especially with Sulu getting his own ship. And I was ready. I was ready and it just never happened. So what I did was I, Mm -hmm. I wrote what I would have loved to have seen as the next movie. And. Um, I'm turning it into a comic and hopefully fingers crossed. This is the, this is the, what do I want part? I want to live long enough to be able to turn this into an actual animated movie with higher voice actors and, you know, Paramount and their rules be damned. I'm doing it anyway. I'm not doing it to make money. 
I'm going to distribute it freely. And uh, it's just what it's my passion project. So that is, that is the long answer to what do I want? And it's called Sulu, the bold frontier. And uh, yeah, I've teased some snippets of some scenes on it, on my website, on the mini media television, they're buried in the photo album somewhere, but they're out there and mm -hmm. uh, got a pretty good response so far. So it's a lot different than what I use, the kind of content I usually do. And yeah, I want to make it a reality. So that's what I really, really want. You can really hear the passion yeah. for it Thank in your you voice. Thank you so much. That's a, that means the, a lot to me. The, the fact that you're concerned about spoiling it for us right now <laughs> tells me how close to reality this is in your mind. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And that's that obstacle is the hardest, <laughs> you know, is like as long as you can, you know, have a roof over your head <laughs> and something to eat for dinner. If you're not dependent on what you're doing for income entirely or if you are, you can sidestep. Mm -hmm. That is the hardest part then is getting over the. Do I want to share this? Am I able to create yeah. this? The processes, all that stuff. And when you are so close to reality that you don't want to spoil it, that no. means you're there. Yeah. And I'm excited for it. I'm excited for you. That sounds awesome. That's really I really look forward it. to reading it. And I think that I know you just hit 40,000 on your We just hit 40,000 subscribers. Congrats. Thank you so much. Yeah. One of the. Yeah, I saw the 40K bit. I'm a Tau guy personally, but, you know, that's fine. Yeah, um, one of my fans made that. It was, it was really special. I, I thought it was great. It was DMT, yeah. 40K. I like the 40K universe. I like the lore. I absolutely hate the game. And the, you being the exception, <laughs> Javert, I typically really hate the fan base. I'm sure you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> oh, I understand completely. Yeah, it is one of those. I have six people that I'm willing to tolerate drudging through a game with. <laughs> and it, they're all friends that from college that I've been very drunk with. And we all have an understanding. Yeah. So the almost <laughs> fan bases in existence. Sorry. Sorry if I offended anyone out there who's a 40K and, well, I think anyone who's it. listening knows. <laughs> like, I mean, there are there are 40k fans that n go and they understand and they know that fan base has a lot of problems. <laughs> I, I do feel that it is a very vocal minority mm -hmm. that has chosen to make that game very unfun to play yeah. in public settings. <laughs> Every, I have never played 40K in a game store. Like it has always been in my basement or on tabletop simulator. Them's the rules. You know, I do. I do it is kind of on my bucket list to go to a, a 40K convention, a tournament or something and just get kicked out. <laughs> like, that'll be fun. I just want to show up with a bunch of like chess pieces and bottle caps and crap and say all those like, no, this is my army. This is, yeah, it, it's legit. Yeah. Just yeah, they'll, they'll all be screaming at me. So. <laughs> <laughs> right. Brilliant! Well, I'm, Brilliant. Yeah, it's you've got a good platform. I mean, I say this not just as you know a friend, but as someone who really enjoys your content. You. Uh, you know, I got my top fan badge well before hey. you ever were on this podcast. <laughs> same, same. Oh, you know, awesome. I'm aware. I have no control. Shout out Andorian Beaming Consortium as well. I got my top fan there. I also love all your content. You know, so like I get it and I really appreciate a lot of the stuff you do. You've brought a smile to me on many a bad day. Yeah. And same. I'm really happy that you have this platform to do something like this because, you know, these comics, you start to do them, you get the whole thing, you know, Kickstarter, you know, next step and start to hire some animators or something like it is not out of the realm of possibility for you to turn this into reality. So yeah, I really hope so. best of luck with it and everything. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, yeah. I feel like the the fan environment is really ripe for an adventure that's, you know, the other guys, the Sulus, the Uhuras, yes. you know, not just the Kirks mm-hmm. and the Spocks. Mm-hmm. Like, we're there as a fan base. We want to see that stuff. Yeah, absolutely. That's, that's sure. what I'm all about. I love world building. That's part of the reason I love Babylon 5 so much is because I built such a rich world in just, you know, five seasons. Four and a half, I guess. Actually, yeah. For whatever. <laughs> right. <laughs> we're almost there. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of four seasons of Babylon Five, we're almost done with four. Yes. Yeah. This is the the second to last episode of four, and this is the last one that they filmed for four that we'll watch. So, at the last minute. I don't know. We'll talk about this probably next episode, but the next one is the deconstruction of falling star. No, it's something else. Yes. No, that's it. Yeah. The deconstruction of falling stars. So they rushed and put that episode together as a not finale, which is why like all of the actors are in like 30 seconds of it Mm -hmm. Uh, is because they scraped it together super quick after they found out they got a fifth season and they actually filmed sleeping in light next. Oh. Mm-hmm. So they had the yeah. season, the series finale done at this point, and they just sat on it for another year while they did season five. Yeah. Um, so that's why there's some stuff in this episode that feels very finale season series finale. It does. Toward, especially yeah. towards the end. It's because they were planning on doing sleeping in light next when they made this, which is a year time jump spoilers mm-hmm. for the series finale. Sorry, everyone. <laughs> Yeah, maybe no, this we'll one just has... bleep that out. Maybe just bleep out the number of years, <laughs> Aaron. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that's major spoilers. Yeah, the, but, the uh... statute of limitations of spoilers for this show is yeah, it's you know, it, yeah. It, yeah. We have enough first-time listeners that I have accidentally ruined things for. Uh, that listen, first-time listener wanna... who is listening to this podcast but has not seen Babylon Five yet. If they get spoiled, it's yeah, your own or they're thoughts. watching it with us. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I mean, we we know we have people that like that, that are watching the show for the first time with us. That does make sense. Which yeah. is, <laughs> blows my it mind. But... Blows my mind, but I, it's such an honor. <laughs> yeah. Right, that you chose also, Laura and yeah. I, dick and fart joke specialists <laughs> of Babylon 5, to experience your first watch through with. It means so much to us, truly. Oh, hey, speaking of dick jokes, I think there are some in this episode. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that yeah. neat? <laughs> <laughs> We've got season four, episode 21, Rising Star. Wait, what? Uh, we don't get a season four, episode 21, Rising Star. Should I watch the wrong episode? <laughs> <laughs> well, there you go, my show notes. What'd you, what'd you watch? I watched Endgame. Did you watch Endgame? Well, I'm, I'm ready, though. I'm still ready because I did like a Babylon 5 marathon this afternoon. So I watched Endgame, Rising Star, the, the one, like the first episode of season five. So. I'm fresh on it. Okay. Let's, nice. let's do this. Okay. You just did a little binge. Yeah. yeah, yeah. No, you're just going to do this off the dome. Oh, my yeah. Wow. You're going to do All great. Right. All right. Let's do this. <laughs> All right. We open on an ISN special report. They report Clark's suicide, Sheridan turning himself in, and acting President Lashenko asking everyone to just chill the fuck out <laughs> and not go vigilante on their fucking neighbors who were fucking fascists. <laughs> Jafar, I must say, you did tell me last time that if you are the liberator, you go to them and let them judge you. If you are Mm -hmm. the conqueror, 
you make them come to you because I thought that Sheridan should just stay up in space. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, why would you go down there? Mm-hmm. There's, it, it's so uncontrollable down there. But I guess I, I do understand now that I've seen this episode that yeah. he had to do it. Mm-hmm. He had he to He had it. to go and, and be, you know, hat in hand. I just wanted to liberate you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I just wanted you to be free, mm-hmm. you know. And it is dangerous for him there, oh, as yeah. Bester makes sure that we know in about 20 minutes. Can I just say that the actress who played the acting president, Lushenko, it yeah. is a shame that she didn't. This was this is her only appearance in the entire series. Like, uh, I, I, I thought she was really, yeah. like, she really brought it. Like, like it was very convincing mm-hmm. to me. Like, I, when rewatching this episode for the first time, I remember thinking, it's like, you ungrateful bastards, you're all pissed off at Sheridan when he just saved you from your the scorched earth, you know? <laughs> but mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. she brought some really good points. She did. It's like, okay, I can I can see why you'd be a little yeah. upset. It's like she kind of had this, she kind of implied that her and her political allies, you know, it's like we knew President Clark was a problem. Obviously, we were working mm-hmm. on it. But, you know, you had to go in and blow everything up, you know? <laughs> so... Yeah, <laughs> it's a uh, yeah. They, you know what? They have no defense grid now. That's another thing, right? I was. It's a real problem. I, I think that would have been. A, I, I kind of wish they would have brought that up. She would have been also like, "Yes, you saved us, but you also left us defenseless. Our freaking defense grid is gone." So yeah. that I'm surprised yeah. they didn't bring that up. Yeah, I mean, right now Earth. Is... Yeah, well, there's not enough time. <laughs> Honestly, that's the ploy, though, too. You know, because this episode leads into Earth joining the Interstellar Alliance, right? Mm-hmm. And you've got the Ranger Peacekeeping Force that just did a giant flyby over your capital. Make the building okay. shake. Yeah, that was awesome. It makes the building <laughs> shake. And it's just all like, you don't have a defense grid right now. Are you going to say no? <laughs> yeah. As mm. your eight destroyers that you have left are limping over from Mars. Yeah. <laughs> it's almost like, you can join the Alliance. You don't have to, but you're going to join. You're, you're, not, yeah. you're not gonna say no you're not gonna say no so just join you know so franklin's got the need for speed also why is he in command of a ship instead of a ranger or someone who <laughs> understands spaceships or space? or mimbari <laughs> or mimbari this is such a trope in sci-fi where doctors and in science fiction are just kick-ass doctors you know like mm-hmm. yeah they they how many times has Franklin thrown do no harm out the fucking window? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, right. Yeah. Right. We get some med lab staff coming back from their lunch break, discovering what happened with Marcus and Ivanova to theme. They're holding leftover trays. <laughs> yeah. Somebody <laughs> like drops you, a you, plate, right? <laughs> yeah. This all happened in the span of a 45 minute lunch break. I mean, we know that machine works fast. Yeah. It it was capital punishment, right? You don't have time to just wait around Mm -hmm. for somebody to take all their life energy away and give it to somebody else. We got to keep this thing moving. I'm surprised he found it so quickly. Like something like that. They said they kept it locked up. So I guess Marcus. There's a lot of turned over canisters and like he ransacked this place (laughs) looking for the thing. Yeah. And he left bodies. We saw that in the last episode. There yeah. were like people on the floor. Did he hold a gun to somebody or would it hold his Denbok to somebody's head <laughs> and make them <laughs> unlock the machine? Just closed Denbok up to somebody's head. That's terrifying. Oh my God. That right. is terrifying. Thanks, Jafar. It can't be as bad as a lightsaber, but it'll be, be up there. It'd be pretty on bad. On the list. 
Yeah. 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 Oh, man. If you ever <laughs> doubt my commitment to this podcast, I should be watching the Ahsoka finale right oh, now. Oh, God. I didn't even know that was out. Oh, is it finale day? It's finale. Yeah. It dropped an hour ago from. Oh, it's very. I'm sorry, man. I would have. <laughs> You're fine. You're fine. <laughs> Just never question my commitment. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, well, I'll get there. There'll be time after this. Franklin gets to the station after theme, and Ivanova is awake and crying. We get an update on Marcus. His body is just completely shut down. There is no sign of life whatsoever. Ivanova talks about being near death, hearing Marcus's I love you, and thinking it was God, and just being like, oh, he was British, just like in all the movies. (laughs) This, I mean, this could have been written by any of my friends. That joke. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. Her slowly waking up and finding out and realizing what had happened. Uh, She regrets not treating him better for not admitting to herself that she may have had feelings for him. Uh, Not at the very least giving him a courtesy fuck. Should have bossed him at least once. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That was such a very self-aware dialogue (laughs) when she says, that's what he would have said. That's what J. J. Michael Straczynski would have written for him to say. (laughs) (laughs) No, bring that one back. I was like, what'd you do last night? Oh, I totally got bopped, man. It was great. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It ends on the most Ivanova cynical line in the entire show. All love is unrequited. Mm -hmm. Savage. I I gotta say, I, I remember seeing some interesting philosophical debates about this whole thing, about Marcus and his selfless sacrifice about, uh, uh, of course, it was on Facebook, so it turned into a dumpster fire, as it does. But uh, but it was sure. so people yeah. were saying it's like it was a uh, Ivanova didn't consent to having her life saved. You know, like he was Marcus was wrong for doing it. And it's like, man, can you really be wrong for saving someone else's life? But then putting right. it, it was a very interesting ethical question. I thought, yeah, I mean, Marcus committed suicide. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you know, like mm-hmm. that's. That's what happens. Mm-hmm. He chose to die. And I mean, it was selfless, but it was still, you know, the difference between this and someone jumping on a grenade to save their buddy, you know, is it's there's a difference, but it's yeah, th- this, not a whole lot. This took a lot of steps. Like he had to break into the lab. Yeah. Knock out three people. <laughs> <you know? laughs> yeah. The, the meditation, yeah. The, the planning yeah. and the focus, well, you know, it just it. We don't know. Did Ivanova have like a do not resuscitate order? That's like, a good point. and good what call. do hospitals do when they don't know if you have a DNR? Like, they still try to save mm-hmm. your life. Like, yeah, you know, I, I get it that yeah. some people want to make that a philosophical argument, but it's like, well, how many people go into the ER every day not consenting to having their life saved? Like, yeah, 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 we just assume mm-hmm. <laughs> unless we know otherwise. That you would like your life to be saved. Yeah. And I, I mean, it's an altruistic assumption. So yeah, and I think from the bigger, like a cold calculating perspective, uh, you, you made the right choice because you know Marcus, Marcus, I love you, man, but you're you're just a grunt, you know, in the grand scheme of things. Whereas Ivanova, she's a leader, she's a warrior, she's a diplomat, she's way more vital to the alliance than mm-hmm. Marcus was. And as a former grunt myself, I can. I can also say I know a fellow grunt when I see him. He's a really good grunt. He's a badass grunt, but he's still just a grunt. <laughs> game so. recognized game. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hey, guess what? If we're moving on, we're moving it's on. The dick jokes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Jakar and Lando are our buddies now. 
Yeah, we're just we're just buddies talking about our penises. Yeah. <laughs> that, Penticulites. That was a long dick yeah. joke too. But he drew that one out. It was a short dick joke, but yeah, the short. It was a short. It was a long short dick joke. Oh man! But that was just in typical Londo fashion, man. Like you just, yeah, yeah, yeah. He just milked the whole. Thing. I would love mm-hmm. to see Londo doing stand-up comedy. My God, he would just kill it. <laughs> Now, uh, uh, he's getting some ribbing in on Jakar about his uh, skills in the bedroom. <laughs> but then Veer comes and just really just smashes him in the nuts to remind him that yeah. he's now the Centauri Emperor. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the ambassadors head to Earth. And then Bester comes to visit Sheridan. Great exchange in their greeting. Yeah, they're just best buddies, like peanut butter and jelly. Yeah. Macaroni and cheese. Oil and water. Yeah. Snake and mongoose. (laughs) Sheridan's trying really hard to drop kayfabe here. And Bester follows a little. Drop what now? Um, Sorry, I missed that. Kayfabe. Oh, yeah. Kayfabe is the professional wrestling term for wrestling is real. Like the illusion (laughs) of professional wrestling being real. Um, Yes. So, So kayfabe was like when a pro wrestler's like, out on the town as this happened a lot more in the 80s and 90s than it does today but like to maintain kayfabe ted dibiase the million dollar man famously convinced vince mcmahon to fly him first class everywhere pay for fancy steak dinners in every town they went to and have a limo drive him around because he had to maintain the appearance of his character being the million dollar man oh i see i see (laughs) <laughs> best con game ever just ran that well except for the one he actually did uh, i just don't get wrestling anyways i just don't get it man <laughs> it weird. is it is suspension of disbelief and long-form storytelling it is no different than a soap opera wrestling is redneck anime i fucking love it <laughs> <laughs> okay <laughs> Come for the Babylon 5, stay for the wrestling talk. <laughs> yeah, I'll, se- I'll send you a video by Max Landis called Wrestling Isn't Wrestling. And it's a 30-minute retelling that he does drunk of Triple H's career. And mm. if this doesn't sell you on pro wrestling has an art form, Google Invisible Man versus Invisible Stan. And if that doesn't sell you on pro wrestling as an art form, I can't help you. When I file this under shit, I did not expect today. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Okay. I'll send you some links. Yeah, you got some homework for next time. Right. Yeah. <laughs> um, Bester is real sure of himself in this conversation. He knows he's going to win now with Clark out of the way. He got all the power he needed, and then Clark was removed without him having to do it. Yeah. But he needs to follow up on uh, on one person in particular in cryo storage. Yeah. And then we get some of that justification that we talked about last episode. Uh, we we alluded to uh, Sheridan notes they only took completely uncurable telepaths without families or partners We're for the one way trip. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's not the first time he's done that. He uh, famously uh, asked that question of Heisenberg, and um, yeah, season ago is all just like. Before he sent Brian Cranston on his one-way trip in the White Star, he was like, hey, you don't have any kids, do you? <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. Makes him feel a little better. 
I remember that now. Mm-hmm. Oh, it was a nice little foreshadowing, I yeah. guess. Yeah. He gives his personal experience roller coaster with Anna coming back from the dead, understanding what it's like to lose someone, get them back, but then lose them again immediately. Oddly specific. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And he says he wouldn't wish that on anyone, even Vester, and that Carolyn is safe on Babylon 5 and will be transferred to Earth shortly. You can't get rid of Carolyn. You cannot. My husband was betting that she had been on one of those ships because she was single, had no family. Also, we hate Bester. Yeah. And I'm like, no, 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 no. You get rid of Carolyn. You have nothing on Bester anymore. Yeah, except his ire. Yeah. 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 I agree. If you want to try to manipulate him in any way, you keep her as long as you can, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. But Sheridan knows this might be the last civil conversation he ever has with Bester. <laughs> and he mm-hmm. intends to play it. So he lays his hand on the table. He knows the pending telepath wars. It's on its way. Bester's going to be a driving force of that. But then he reminds him that Garibaldi is coming for him. And we cut to Alfredo beating up some bookie looking for lease. For translation, this, this was the scene where I thought it was a little odd that Bester... You know, he slides in being like 200% best during this scene. Really good. Mm-hmm. But he pulls out this little device that's, I guess it's supposed to jam any kind of eavesdropping. Okay. I just wanted to yeah. say that I, I fully expected Sheridan to just smash that thing. Like, just look, <laughs> the, the way he slid it over to him, like it was on an air hockey table and he just picked it up. I was like, I was expecting it. That would have been a, such a Sheridan move. <laughs> Real yeah. power move. Like, fuck your magic <laughs> hockey puck. Smash. <laughs> <laughs> I don't care what this thing did. <laughs> With Bester, though, would it have really mattered? Does is that device even the thing? That, that would be such a Bester move. Yeah, to just slide him like an aspirin yeah. or something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he's such a great villain. Oh man. Delenn meets with Lando and Jakar after this, giving them a proposal, which brings Lando to laughter. So rarely is he in the presence of living history. Except, you know, when he's committing genocide or nuking yeah. an entire continent or, or uh, murdering the emperor, or murdering the emperor or becoming the emperor or basically, you know, just he gets one a season and have two in an episode. <laughs> That's just a lot, man. Yeah, it's a yeah. lot. The League of Non-Aligned Worlds files in after they get a chance to read the proposal. Back on Earth, the military council is done deliberating and the acting president comes in to talk to Sheridan about what will happen. She tells him he can resign or else, but his staff will get amnesty and he'll get discharged with honors. The president tells him he did the right thing in the wrong way, so a price must be paid. And he agrees. He understands what he needed to do, but as long as his crew won't suffer any repercussions, anyone who followed him won't suffer any repercussions, he's willing to give up his Earth Force commission that means... Just about everything to him. Mm -hmm. So he's told us many times. Right. (laughs) Yeah, I'm not really convinced there is a right way to do this. Like, I know that, as we referenced before, Lushenko says, you know, we were working on it. We were trying to figure out how to do it quietly, because if you were noticed, then you would disappear. We were going to do it the right way. But it's like, really? Yeah. Because it seems like time was a little bit of the essence. Yeah, how, how many more passenger <laughs> yeah. liners was Clark going to blow up in the meantime while they were working on this yeah. plan? So, yeah. It's a, it's yeah. A, it's... How many colonies were going to get nuked? Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. How many shadow ships were we going to like oh, build God, yeah. and merge into things? And like, I don't know. There's probably it's, no right way. It's almost like acting President Lushenko is full of shit and <laughs> is just offering some political lip service because she was in the right place at the right time and probably disagreed with Clark publicly on a couple of things, but not enough to actually draw his ire. Otherwise, she would have been fucking vanished in the middle of the night right. if she was actually a threat to him in any way so right yeah it makes it hard to believe her the other thing is i don't know if have we talked about this political situation here because is this one of those situations where we both run for president and when one of us wins the loser becomes vice president or something because like why do we trust the vice president (laughs) i don't think she was the vice president I, th- I thought that's what they said. Was no, she, she a vice president Lushenko? She was a representative of the Russian consortium. I got. I don't remember what her title yeah. was, but I could honestly see like President Clark like also killing his vice president like off camera before everything went down. That would be a very yeah. Clark thing. But I, I, I don't was, know if they ever tell us who his vice president was. Yeah. I am forgetting her name, but I earlier today I looked up the actress who plays acting president Lushenko was awarded something really important. It's in the first paragraph of her Wikipedia. <laughs> See, I would have wrote this down, but I watched the wrong show. For the show. <laughs> I was like, oh, that's a cool piece yeah. of trivia. So I did a quick check, Victor, and what you're referring to is Beta Posniak, the actress who played Susanna Lushenko in real life spent most of the eighties and nineties lobbying the United States Congress to add international women's day as a recognized holiday and was eventually successful in that. Nice. That is really cool. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) What a nice credit to also have alongside your B5 credit. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. She did that in 94. So it's entirely possible that led to her casting as acting president here. I don't know if it was part of it or not, but <laughs> that's really cool. Yeah. There is no mention of her as being vice president anywhere. Okay. I just must have conflated something in my brain. Yeah. But, uh, well, I mean, that's usually who one takes thing, over. So, yeah. One thing I know I'm not crazy about though, <laughs> is, you know, Sheridan's agreeing to step down with the condition that amnesty for everybody else. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, didn't he already resign once? <laughs> like when they broke away, mm. didn't he leave earth force at that point? Yeah. He hasn't been getting <laughs> paid. Cause I remember that was, a- yeah. <laughs> that was a thing. You're like who's paying for your rooms now. <laughs> so he won't be receiving a paycheck anymore. So it'll just work itself out naturally. Yeah. We always like to avoid confrontation whenever possible. I guess he just double resigns. Yeah, valid point. He unresigns to re-resign. Yeah. After all this, Garibaldi and a team of rangers raid a Martian mafia compound to rescue Lise. Who's that girl? Who's that girl? It's Lise. Hey, isn't it great that we have all these sweet WB properties so we can use that good old porky pig in here? <laughs> oh, yeah. This is where he throws in that freaking Rubik's Cube. That's a that's a yeah. that's uh-huh. a flashbang or something. That was yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's like smoke bomb, porky pig. 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, he pulls her out of this closet in this scene after he's done beating up all the mafia dudes and stuff. Mm-hmm. And he calls her baby. And I just went, <laughs> come on, baby, 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 baby. Yeah, it made me a little gross. Yeah. I didn't like when it. the kids say cringe, that feeling that you're feeling, that's what they're talking yeah, about. <laughs> cringe as the kids say. <laughs> yes, it is quite cringe. <laughs> After this, we go back over to the Mimbari cruiser where the council has voted. Lanier regrets Marcus is not there to see it. Lanier says, Hey, Delan, did you hear about Ivanova's thing she said when she woke up? <laughs> Oh, this is the start of Lanier's incel arc. Oh. Hey, speaking of cringe, yeah. right? Ugh. Yeah, for, oh, it's so bad. Uh, yeah, I, I remember that. He, he said, uh, Ovanova's last words, did you, did you hear what she said? And, or yeah. not her last words, but her parting words, I the guess. first words. Yeah. yeah. All love is unrequited. And the way Delenn looks yeah. at him is like, yeah, she's wrong, you know, and then walks off from Lanier's. Yeah, oh, and she God. like touches his face or something. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Oh, it's so bad. Yeah. I... It's all just like, no, not all love yeah. is unrequited. Just yours, Lanier. <laughs> <laughs> Ain't that the truth. <laughs> Over on ISN, the president speaks about just following orders, air quotes. Mm-hmm. Sheridan gives his resignation speech in full Earth Force dress uniform for the first time, just like he said seasons ago when Earth is free. Nice callback. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is now Jakar's turn to speak for some reason. I (laughs) can't imagine a world where this happens. Like, can you fathom if, say, political turmoil in America brought us to a second civil war after the military conflict, the other generals resigning on national TV, and then the fucking... Justin Trudeau walks on to have some words about it. (laughs) Excuse me? (laughs) Well, and part of this whole, like, the propaganda that Clark was spinning was, like, aliens interfering in our shit. Mm -hmm. Like, maybe now is not the time to have Jakar and Delenn talk about stuff. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Like, you're just giving the people who really drank that kool-aid some ammo you know well the thing that jms gets wrong here in all of his prescient visions of fascism that we get in this show and our current situation i feel is that when he assumes that when the fascists are defeated everyone will realize who the fascists are and who was just following orders Uh and that people will just be good again for a while like it was in his childhood you know the Mm. good old so it's just like "Mm, no actually the fascists never fucking leave and we need eternal fucking vigilance yeah thanks Mussolini (laughs) (laughs) ding (laughs) anyways surprise The League of Non-Aligned Worlds is dissolved, and it's time for the Interstellar Alliance, baby. We hear about the economic and social goals. Every government is independent, and the Alliance is not a military one. The Rangers create peace and not enforce it. Uh Sure. Yep. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Fly by. Yeah. (laughs) No pressure, guys. Uh, Just know that we could destroy everyone in your government right now. Yeah. Everyone who's left. Yeah. 
our ships are like right here. I, I think, it's like right here. Didn't, didn't creating De- peace. Didn't Delenn mention during the speech that now that the first ones are gone, the White Stars are the most advanced ships? Yeah. Yep. Yeah, it's like she uh-huh, just dropped uh-huh. that little tidbit there in her little speech. <laughs> yeah. By the way. Well, and like, how many people on Earth actually know about the first ones in the Shadow War? Because remember, yeah. Clark was like mm-hmm. covering all that shit mm-hmm. up. So these people are like, what is this crazy lady talking about? <laughs> it sure seems like she's threatening us, though, yeah. right? That was actually a detail in The Road Home I really appreciated because we're mm. like two years out from the Shadow War at that point, And ISN is talking about it publicly and they're kind of like recapping stuff because people wouldn't know that are watching ISN what had happened. Oh, man, mm-hmm. this this would make a great comic or something about all the conspiracy theorists on earth talking about the, the giant fucking sentient spiders that can turn invisible that are controlling the <laughs> government. Oh my God. Dude. Uh-huh. Every conspiracy podcaster is just like, bro, yeah. oh, that's a gold mine. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you know, you could maybe take that one back to the old DMT a little oh, bit. Let oh it yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm making yeah. a note of this. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> notes on the episode. Fuck it. <laughs> notes for the comics. We're here. <laughs> <laughs> After all this, the ambassadors meet with the president to pitch the alliance with an opening bid of artificial gravity tech. The president asks who they're going to negotiate with, and they're just like, oh, just our new president. (laughs) (laughs) Cut to Sheridan with a well-earned shit-eating grin. It's me. (laughs) John leaves the room, and Delenn reunites him with his dad. He welcomes Delenn yeah. into the family. Nice little touch there. Hey, I thought you'd just pause for one second. I, I something that irked me a little bit that I didn't fully understand in that scene where the Earth Force goon kicks in the door and Sheridan's got a shooting grin. The Earth Force goon asks him, where's the certificate of amnesty? And he says, oh, I gave it to the reporters and made copies of it, threw it anywhere. I didn't fully yeah. understand what was going on there. Was she going to revoke the... Was president the oh, president Machinko yeah. going to take away the amnesty? The, the resignation was to get Sheridan out of politics. Okay, that makes he, a little he's more a sense threat now. to her. He, now, he, he yeah. could be he could George Washington it up and just be the new president if he wanted at this point. I think is the concern. Okay, and so she wanted to be president and she needed him out of the picture for that. And so amnesty, the resignation to me is not mm-hmm. about him commanding Babylon five or a station or whatever. It's about him as a political a presence. Okay. And being him a being a threat to her presidency. Then she, yeah. so he's like, no, I'm not going to be the president. I'm going to be a president. I'm going to make my own president <laughs> with blackjack <laughs> and hookers. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Uh, and we get another ISN report. Earth joins the Interstellar Alliance. Mars gets its freedom, along with any colony that votes for independence from any power that's in the Interstellar Alliance, which is a nice touch. Mm-hmm. Uh, Michael and Elise got married. Hey, Garibaldi. Oh, did they get married? Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's that. that I is just thought they were sleeping bed. together. No, they uh, he, they make. They say something about it. They definitely say they got married. Oh, I missed it. Yeah, it's a blink and you miss it, but they got married. 
Okay. <laughs> yeah. Maybe oh, I blocked you, it you out. You rescued me from the mafia. I guess we're getting married now. Yeah. Lisa's uh, despite my it. last interaction with you being on a train, asking you to save me, and you staring there blankly and not saying a word until you told uh-huh. me to leave. I don't know about you, but when I hear, oh, well, the Psychor made me do it, I'm going to be a little suspicious. Mm-hmm. The Psychor made me be an asshole to you. Obviously, there's extenuating circumstance with her husband just getting killed by the Psychor, presumably, and you know, it's not too far to jump to a conclusion there, I suppose, but still, just yeah. like, it's it's not about what he did. It's about how fucking rude he was while he did it. Man, he's going <laughs> to use that as an excuse for their entire marriage now, anytime that yeah. Honey, you uh, didn't take the trance on Psychor, baby. Psychor. Yeah. <laughs> now they must have messed up that part of my brain. Yeah. Sorry, I'm geez. sorry I keep leaving the toilet seat up. Psychor <laughs> programmed me that way. Mm-hmm. Garibaldi. <laughs> Garibaldi hasn't decided if he's going to go back to Babylon 5 or not, but Lise is taking over Edgar's Industries. Ivanova is promoted to captain and given command of one of the new Warlock class destroyers. This actually definitively gives us a time jump that is completely unexplained because I looked into what the fuck a warlock class destroyer was because we hadn't heard it. And I'm like, is she getting one of the shadow destroyers? And the answer is no. This is another new class of ship that they make with all the technology from the Interstellar Alliance. So that doesn't show up until time. Yeah, that we don't actually get to see one until Crusade, if I remember correctly. I'm I'm a real... I'm a real uh, starship nerd. I know I know way too much about the <laughs> ships and everything, but yeah, yeah. Uh, There's no such thing as too much. Uh, well, <laughs> side sidetrack. So side note, I'll have to dig through it. It was a couple of years ago, but I spent an insomnia-ridden night pulling together various sources to compare how powerful the weapons were on each ship and kilojoules and megatons, and it started with the Earth Force destroyer going off to the Mbari cruiser, seeing just how powerful they were. It's in there somewhere, and yeah, that's a big nerd. One of my biggest nerdiest moments that I'm quite proud of. So. <laughs> yeah. Spoiler alert: the shadow purple death beam is the most powerful thing in the universe. Checks yeah. out. Okay. If any of you guys think, yeah, that, seems if any Star Wars or Star Trek fans out there think that your personal favorite ship from any of those universes could take out a shadow vessel, you're wrong, dude. No, it'll slice through a Klingon ship. It'll slice through the Enterprise. Nice. I did the math. Yeah, there's no hope. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Doing the Lord's work out there. So what about versus a Borg cutting beam? Okay, 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 okay. Anyways. Oh, oh. <laughs> we're going to have to dedicate a whole episode to that conversation, sir. Because <laughs> I've got, I have no Bonus content. <laughs> I haven't planned for that in my episodes list, so we'll have to figure something out. <laughs> All right. Dylan and Sheridan get married as well in a private ceremony on the white star. And we find mm-hmm. out this ISN report is being watched by Londo and Jakar drinking, presumably champagne after the ceremony. Jakar is mm-hmm. eating the rice as Londo gives him <laughs> shit. Cause if it was any good, why would they throw it? <laughs> Hilarious. Uncooked rice. Yeah. And then Londo notices Jakar's artificial eye is missing. This was the and most. what follows is the grossest invasion of privacy yeah. and the cringiest thing in the episode that involves Michael and Lise getting married. <laughs> I mean, this is wild, right? This, this is, is wild. Yeah. And out of you character put... for Jakar, kind of? I mean, it's it fits season one Jakar. Yes. Season yeah. two Jakar. It fits Jakar. pilot Jakar, right? And, and yeah. pleasure threshold Jakar. Yeah. And Londo was even the one who brought it up, was like, oh, it kind of makes you wish you could 
peek in on them. Like, no, any, who does this? Like, any of my friends who have gotten married, I don't want to know what they do. Like, good night, leave them alone. But, it really undermines Delenn's authority. This whole time that you've been, like, governing beside her, you just wanted to see her fuck somebody? Yeah. Is that what you're saying? Also, let's, uh. let's probably boring Mimbari sex. <laughs> right. <laughs> They fall asleep because it's three hours of ritual, and so Jakar just can't stay awake that long. <laughs> and then Delenn uh. is just like rapid fire. Here's the next 20 years. <laughs> yeah. The telepath war, the Drock war, the alliance, and it's growing pain. But Babylon 5 endures. You know, watching this again, watching this entire series again, it's really fascinating seeing like all the strings being woven there like how they set up so many possible story arcs you know i i think mm, now i'm not too familiar with the novel verse about one five but i think wasn't the telepath war covered in a book somewhere it or, sure is i think it might it be is? <laughs> it is in the final reckoning uh i don't it's i don't start the whole war but it's the aftermath of the war oh okay um and that's our next book club but we'll detail when yeah. we're going to read that next episode. We've got a, I've got a whole little spiel planned about when and why we're doing certain coverage and what we'll be going over. But you all can look forward to that next time. <laughs> That's not time for that. It's time for our episode ratings. Well, well one more thing I wanted to oh, point out real yeah. quick. So it's something I, I, I noticed in this episode. Now, is it just me? And feel free to edit this out if I'm completely wrong here. But. Is it just me or is the happy couple in bed recapping events? Is that is that a JMS trope? Because I feel like we've seen that quite a bit. <laughs> and then we see it twice in this episode with Garibaldi and Lise and then with Delane and Sheridan where they're just in bed and they're recapping everything that happened. I, I feel like he does that a lot in Babylon 5. Yeah, is that like when you run down how your day went with your partner? Yeah. <laughs> I, I yeah, like was you a... seeing each other as you get into bed, despite <laughs> getting married earlier in the day. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's like, yeah. Now I'm going to run down my thoughts and feelings and actions, even though you were there for half of yeah. them. <laughs> the political implications of everything we just did, and you know, you know while we're here naked, because yeah, that's what I love to talk about when I'm in bed. So. <laughs> It's, uh, political machinations that's what mm -hmm. does it for me in the bedroom you know i'm, I'm sure there are some that's going to be ben's yeah. ringtone <laughs> for me presumably not everyone but <laughs> yeah it's fine it's payback when he calls me i've got a picture of him as a young teen on battle bots so it's about time oh, that, that comes i need around. to see you need to send that that's another subject we could have an entire episode on is battle bots i love, <laughs> fucking love battle bots but anyway all right. So with all of that in mind, let's rate this episode on a scale of Babylon's one to five. Victor's the guest. Would you like to go first? Uh, I'm going to give this one a three and a half. I think that's the also the same rating I gave the, the last episode I guest hosted on. It, it's really good. But, you know, re-binging this season, I kind of noticed that they past three episodes have all been, could have been each one of them could have been the season finale like they wrapped everything up you know yeah. and then they just dragged it out a little more it's kind of like watching the end of the lord of the rings where they just drag out the fucking ending because oh, <laughs> yes. it's like yeah it's good it's entertaining though i like it but yeah i feel like this is all wrapping things up 
is hell, dude. With the end game, when they came in and retook Earth, that could have been the finale. And then this episode could have been the finale. And then the finale also could have been the finale. <laughs> it's the deconstruction of Fallen yep. Stars. It's damn. They really, this is a long ass ending. It's a, mm -hmm. yeah. And they still didn't wrap everything up. They still left the, the Shadow War mm -hmm. and the Drac War open for, for business yep. and future stuff. So, yeah. Three and a half. All right. Laura? Yeah, I'm going to give this another three. I think I did that for Endgame as well. I can't remember exactly. But, you know, that's my usual thought process is this is kind of average Babylon 5 for me <laughs> in that it felt like it was supposed to be more, but he kept taking me out of it with weird stuff. The ending really took me out of it where it's like, oh, we just committed a grave, grave invasion of privacy on one of the strong female characters of this show that feels so icky to me yeah. it took away a lot of the good things about the episode yeah. you know sheridan getting his switcheroo and becoming the president of the earth alliance and you know i just i it could have been great it's just like endgame it could have been great mm. and we were going so fast <laughs> that it wasn't above average for me I fucking love this episode. Y'all are crazy. Okay. <laughs> this is so much better of an episode than Endgame. This episode oh, well, yeah. okay. stops and remembers to breathe at just the right moments. And that's what makes this mm -hmm. a much better episode than other episodes where it's just plot for me. Um, okay. It does get some deductions for fucking creepy ass Chakar shit and also its lease. But those things notwithstanding, this is a four, maybe a four and a half out of five for me. Wow, okay. This is one of my favorite episodes of the show. The interaction with Sheridan and Bester is one of my favorite mm. interactions in the entire series. That was a great scene, yeah. Sheridan having to eat shit and having consequences for his actions. Yeah. It's all there. It's everything I needed. I'm going to, I'll say four and a half. Yeah, uh, there's definitely big finale energy here that I really am kind of worried now for Deconstruction of Falling Stars. I only remember it in the vaguest of terms. Mm. And I'm afraid that it's going to be incredibly unsatisfying compared to the energy we had here <laughs> in this episode. If it was a series finale, it would be one of the worst series finales of all time. Really? You think so? Yeah. But I really like the episode, and it works really well as a season finale and a jumping off point for other stuff. Honestly, I wish that they had gone, I think season five going kind of right back to where things were instead mm -hmm. takes a bit away from it. And it was a, it was an opportunity to do something cool, but I understand that you have to go back and deal with these characters and stuff and that there's pieces to pick up and story to tell that you want to do. I really liked I remember really liking Deconstruction of Falling Stars. I also yeah. haven't seen it in three years. I have it since my 2020 rewatch at this point. Yeah. So we'll see if I feel the same as I have, as this podcast has forced me to go through and the process of taking notes and being very analytical with the show, much more so than a casual watch, watch through. I might not like it as much. It might not hold up, but there's a handful of scenes in that episode the old ranger sneaking gasoline just is like permanently burned into my memory of sci-fi moments um, from watching it as a child. So we'll see 
how it goes. Okay. I'm looking forward to it. Maybe my uh, fears are not founded. So I'm feeling better yeah. about that hearing you talk about I, it. I remember 13, 14 year old me thinking it was the coolest shit ever, but that might just be the humans turning into moron. But yeah. yeah. No, no. Like child, like for sure. Like me watching this for the first time in 97 or whatever, 100%. This was the coolest episode of the show for me yeah. for okay, a while. All right. I guess I'm going to be. Standing corrected, I hope. Maybe you might time. hate it as you are yeah. entitled to it. We'll see. I mean, you can, yeah. yeah, a 15 year old boy thought it was the coolest shit ever. Well, how much yeah, credence does that they're have? not the say, best so. judges of yeah. television <laughs> or media in general? Yeah, um, I have met 15 year old boys. You know, yeah. Yeah. Okay, you know, we've at that point we'll have rated 99 other things, so yeah. you know, you've got a little bit of a more critical eye, a little bit, you know, see if you feel the same mm. way. Yeah, I mean, I'm curious to see how really I feel developed. about it. Yeah, really developed a giving JMS shit scale and how much it deserves. So we've we've put in the time, you know, mm-hmm. our, our thousand hours or whatever, you know, to master something. We're getting there. Yeah, so, yeah. well, while we're getting there, we'll say thank you, of course, to Jeremy Siegel for our lovely theme music. Thank you, Jeremy. We appreciate you so much. Jeremy Siegel42.bandcamp.com or on streaming services as Nuclear Jaguar. I haven't seen the album release in a minute, but I know you've had a lot of life stuff. I am optimistic that we'll get at least one more before the end of the year. I believe in you, Jeremy. Sure. And thank you to Angry Duck Time Machine on Instagram for our podcast artwork. Uh, Thank you, Aaron, for editing our podcast and making sure that we only come off as half of the bumbling idiots that we actually are. (laughs) I really appreciate it. (laughs) Sorry, Aaron. (laughs) And thank you, Victor, for being here. Yeah. Always a delight. Thank you. Thank you for thank you having so me. It's so much fun. And yeah, you can check out Victor. You didn't plug any of your stuff yet. So uh-huh. you should probably tell people where they can find you oh. and experience your stuff, uh, yeah. your content. Uh, Facebook.com forward slash Dominion Media TV. You can email me at Dominion Media TV at Outlook.com. AOL keyword Dominion. No. Uh, <laughs> so as at the time of this podcast, we're about halfway through the lower decks fantasy away team league. Uh, so by the time this, uh, <laughs> this is a this is a very exciting season, I gotta say. And I'm I'm also kind of kicking myself because holy crap, there is so much to keep track of. The the episode is so damn fast paced, I have to pause every three seconds every time I'm calculating a score for the week. It's Oh my God, it's so much more yeah. work. So that's going on. But by the time this airs, you listeners out there, if you're interested, we'll probably be getting ready for the final season of Star Trek Discovery. We'll be doing a fantasy league for that. So yeah, come over to my page, sign up. Just people are having so much fun with this, doing the episode recaps and drafting their team. And also, I just recently started a new comic strip. It's called The Trans Gobots. It had a, it's a Transformers based comic it's about a decepticon that turns into a snack machine his name is Snackytron, <laughs> and the misadventures of uh of Snackytron. tron i got a handful of hardcore transformers fans who are into it but hasn't gotten that much reception i thought it was a lot of fun i also introduced the transformer that turns into a taco truck and a george foreman grill and that's basically the humor of that just <laughs> it's so right. we'll see if we have any more after that but yeah <laughs> thank you very much for for having me on of course and we'll have you back in a number of weeks for Day of the Dead. Day of the Dead. Love that episode, yes. Yes. <laughs> All right. Well, we'll see you next week, Internet. All right.
right, bye. Bye, Internet.